to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Okay, we're going to head to Romans chapter 15. You can go there. You can open your Bible. It's true, you can flick it open on your phone. We're going to have a look at Romans 15, 13. And Romans chapter 15... Uh, talks about unity, uh, Jesus, the, the one in whom the world will find hope. And then in Romans 15, 13, we have this beautiful verse, and, and we're just going to bounce around this, this verse here today. Romans 15, 13. Are you ready? Sorry? Sorry? It's uh, Yes, here we go. May the God of hope... Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you're new with us, I can read faster than that. Uh, Maybe I'll demonstrate. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, one of the worst things that anyone can feel is hopelessness. To feel hope drained from you is a place that humans aren't designed to live in that place. And it's a place that, you know, at times circumstances can, can seem to want to nudge us towards. And, and maybe you've come into church today and somehow you found yourself here and, and you connect with that sense of feeling hopeless. Can I tell you that if you're feeling that on the inside, then you have come to the very best place. Because what we, what we see here, may the God of hope, our God, the God that I know and I serve, is the God of hope. He is the God of hope. To connect with God is to connect with hope. Because He is the God of Hope. And so if your hope tank is low, then open up for more of Him to come and fill you. He is the God of hope. God is permanent, unshakable, immovable. And as we tie our faith to Him, then there is a sense where we become immovable unshakable, whatever we see around us, because our anchor is in the immovable one. And so our hope is tied in Him. Point one today is our God is the God of hope. Need more hope? Connect with Him. It's who He is. Number two, from our connection to this God of hope, we're invited to be filled So from our connection to this God of hope, we're invited to be 
filled. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you can overflow with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're called to be filled. We're called to be filled with a hope that tastes like joy and peace. With a hope that tastes like joy and peace. And the fruit of the Spirit, the outworking, what grows in us as we connect with God is love, joy, peace, patience. We see this in Galatians that as we connect with God, these things start growing in us. God wants you and I to flourish more than we do. He wants you and I blessed so that we can be a blessing more than we even could. And so let's continue to be a people that connect with Him. He invites us to be filled. So if you're feeling stretched, He's inviting you to be filled. If you're feeling a little empty, what I just said before still counts. If you're frazzled, there's no reference to Fraser there. Again, if you're feeling like you're running on empty, God calls you, invites you to come and be filled. Thirdly, what we see in the text here is that trust facilitates filling. Trust facilitates filling. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. No trust, no filling. We've put the stop sign up saying, God, I don't need to trust you or want to trust you that my trust is elsewhere in other things. I got this. But as we really see him for who he is and really acknowledge our own inabilities, not just in this world, but certainly when we think beyond this world, And then as we trust in him, the opportunities open. The same word here. So trust. uh, this, This word here, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. This is the same word we see in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Whoever believes, it's the same word, trusts. And so this trust is not just an abstract concept. It's not just a, uh, a one-time little thought. This is action that is lived out continually. That's how we can test if this really is trust, if this really is belief. Trust is not passive here. It's active. And we could see it as trust is a life-changing, lived daily, lean into Jesus. A life-changing, lived daily, lean into Jesus. Have you ever done one of those trustful things? At a staff team building day, at a youth something, and you've had the trustful. In case you don't know what the trustful is, can I, can I have six guys quickly just come, just come here? Quick, six guys from just around, from around here. Come here, six guys. If you want to hurt me, this could be your moment. Um, to, beautiful, thank you. 
So three on one side, three on the other would be appropriate. And uh, okay, so so the with the trust fall. So so the deal is that with a trust fall, it's about trust. Hence the name. And if you stand backwards and fall. If you stand backwards and fall, there's not a lot you can do other than trust these people here. And so when we think of our connection with God, this, uh, I know you guys, it's nice. It's a bit of, bit of bonding time. It's uh, just deepening community right here. If you're sitting next to someone you like, you could even do this just where you sit and, and come on, let's just, let's own the trust. Um, <clears throat> and so if, you, if, you, if you're going to trust, you kind of, there, there's a point where you're either trusting or you're not. Like here, I'm not trusting yet. I'm just pretending I am. Oh yeah, that Jesus stuff looks all right. I might rock up, but ultimately I'm still in charge. That's like going, yeah, yeah, we can put our hands up, yeah, yeah. But th- that's not proving anything right now. That's not Romans 15, 13, John 3, 16, trust. So we, we can't expect to be filled, let alone point four, which is overflow. No, just gave it away. <laughs> and so th- there is a, there's a trust place where, where you go, am I in or not? And do you... I'm not going to tell you when it's coming. You just <clears throat> It's like how God treats us, right? We're, we don't know when we're praying, praying. When's the miracle, God? You don't know when it's coming. You don't know when it's coming. <laughs> and it's just, you've you got to make the call. And <laughs> oh, it's liberating. It's, uh, I'll just come down here. Thanks, guys. That's, uh, okay. Get, so more. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more trust. You see, if your Christianity is boring, there's a fair chance it's because there's a lack of trust. And so, so you're living with inside of your own mechanisms. But like that, that actually my heart's... It, it is beating a little fast right now. And that's, that's what walking with Christ should be like. If we really are doing a, this journey with the King of all kings, the God who wants to shape the world through us, there's got to be adventure that captivates and calls us to something bigger than we are and calls us beyond ourselves and, and past that point of comfort and control where I've got this sorted. Like, so, so he calls us to, do you want to just move that way a little bit more? <clears throat> Ben, you've got me right if I go too far. Um, so we've, we've got to take a hold of this adventure spirit, like, like the men and women of God we read in here. And we, in our Western comfort, we're, we're so obsessed with control. And God wants to just, I think, relentlessly shake us out of it and call us to live in this place of trust. And you, 
you second guess it sometimes, right? God, can I really trust you? You remember the times where it didn't quite work as you thought? Yeah. You have a look at the circumstances. Really, God? Uh, but you, 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 we just got to make a call. And it helps when there are great people around encouraging you. <clears throat> so, I apologize in advance if in my spinning, I clobber one of you with the microphone. Um, so I think this will work. Um, and this is the trust-faith journey, right? Okay, this has not been practiced. So, Ben, you ready? Just in case. Yeah, I think, I think we're good. I think we're good. Okay, here we go. You strong, boys? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you. Heart rate a little more elevated. Whew. We can trust him. Thank you, my friends. I knew I could trust you. So, so trust is, is this lean in. And if we're, if we're leaning in, but we've got all of these ropes we're hanging on to, that I'm, I'm hanging on to this security rope line and uh, hanging on to this relationship that I know you and, and And then we're not actually just leaping into what it is to be a follower of Christ. And it's like water baptism. It's, it's full immersion. There's no little... It's not a, it's not a half deal. It's, it's we're diving in and, and this is what trust is. This is what's being described here. And, and so really our heart, my heart and our heart should be, God, would you, would you help me trust you? It's so hard sometimes. Or it's easy in some ways where my personality leans that way, but it's really hard in others. And so, God, would you help me? Would you help me? And this is why we need each other, to cheer each other on. Because there's a way you've learned to trust God, where you've seen Him come through over the years, or some of you over the decades. And there's someone else who's struggling with that very decision. And they need to see some of that faith raw in you and hear some of your story. And that helps them actually do the run and the leap. Man, we are called to do this together. It's, it's a lean in. And, and obviously, we are... We are in go beyond season. And, and so we have two Sundays a year where we talk about this. If you've just rocked up to church here uh, and you've never been here before, th- this isn't every week that we, we preach like we're, we're doing this here today and, and talk about giving like we're, we're about to in a moment. We do this a couple of times a year and we set ourselves then for across the next 12 months. And when we think about giving, giving is an incredible act of trust. It goes out of our control. 
it's, it's counterintuitive in so many ways. And, and giving is an act of trust where we see God as ultimate provider, like he says in his word, where we're trusting him that as we let go of control of that finance, that we're trusting that good things are going to happen, that that seed that we're sowing will bear a harvest, but we no longer have control of that. We're trusting that as we sow, we will reap. Again, like we see in Galatians, where, and we're trusting God that, that He wants us blessed so that others can be blessed through us. And what I want us to, want us to get is that if, if giving is an act of trust and trust facilitates filling, giving is an act of trust and trust facilitates filling, that we have this circle, this momentum that's created in our faith journey. And we can develop this, and we, we've got to step into a place where we develop this in our giving, in, in the way we honour God and our finances, that we've got to take these steps of, of faith, of, of trust, and then as we're in that trust place, it facilitates a filling. And so there is a filling of the adventure tank of what it is to be alive in Christ. There's a filling practically and spiritually and what it does through us into others, and it creates this holy momentum. And we have to know that there are good things on the other side of the door of trust. Does, does anyone here celebrate their half anniversary? Their six-month anniversary? You know when you start dating, you're like, we've been together for six months. <laughs> I just figured out that two days ago, babe, was our half anniversary. So happy 22 and a half years married. I love you. Your present is more of me. <laughs> Yay. Oh, your dream. Yeah. So 22 and a half years married for us. And, and you know, the first 11 to 12 years, uh, sorry, the, the last 11 to 12 years of that, we've been pastors uh, on the team here and then at the helm. The first 10 to 11 years of our married life, we were either working in schools studying or running businesses. And I can tell you what we've tried is this lean-in that I'm talking about. We've tried to live the same way regardless of what the call looks like. Whether we're in business or school or working on staff, tried to live in that place and say, God, would you, would you help us uh, live in that place? And again, we, we've tried to live that in our, in our finances. And when I was a younger guy in my 20s, I had an older mentor who was really helpful in kind of letting me behind the curtain in some of his fears and frustrations and paradigms around activating biblical princes, principles in his, in his finances. And, and, you know, the reality is, as Christians, we can get a bit spooky with the money stuff. We get this kind of almost like, I don't know if it's false humility or just a, a slight misunderstanding of, of Scripture. And we, the, the whole don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And, and we, we build it into a principle that says we can never talk about giving and what's happening here. And, and what, we, what we need to understand is that what we see in Matthew 6 talked about here, as it talks about giving and prayer and fasting, etc., is it's, it's, it's addressing the motive 
behind what is being done. It's clear as you read through the passage that Jesus is addressing the motive. And if we talk about giving or fasting or, or our prayer life and we do it to impress others, to puff ourselves up, then we've got the wrong motivation and then there's no reward in heaven and it's not the way that we're called to live. But if we have a very different motive and it's to lift others up, then the way that this mentor of mine helped me see finances was, was like mind-blowing because I got to see behind the curtain of what, things would never, what people would never normally talk about. And so if our motive is to encourage, to inspire, to see people step forward in their discipleship journey, then we need to talk about money more. Jesus certainly did. You do a search on how much he talked about money when he spoke because it is powerful in how it gets a hold of us. And we should not underestimate the power of money to sway so much of what we do in life. And so we need to talk to each other about this stuff. And so my mentor, he he talked about it. He was in his 50s at at this stage. and, And he talked about every year of his life, he was trying to give a higher percentage. So trying to give a higher percentage. And so Bible talks about the principle of the tithe, which is talked about as 10%. And so for him, that was just an absolute starting point. And at the time of him mentoring me, he was giving away about 25% of his income. And he was trying to just keep cranking the dial so that blessing could come to him, but powerfully come through him. And I'd never, I'd never heard of it talked about. And something got inside of me and I went, man, I, like I was... I'm not sure if I was a carpenter at that stage, or, but I have that kind of building framework and I like things to make sense. And, and I went, I can, that's actually measurable. And I can, I can see and I can, I can test. It's not just saying, oh yeah, I really want to be a generous person. And then having no idea what that actually looks like in our financial reality. But here there was a percentage. So am I saying I want to be generous and living something very different? Or do my actions align with my intentions? And I was like, that, that did something in me. And so we, we were double income, no kids. And man, what a life that was. <sighs> and uh, so I remember we were giving around 20% and going, this is yeah, this is good, we're on fire. I'm thinking it's just going to keep increasing every year, every year. And then we had children. And, and then we, we felt called to start a business. And I remember that year, even just tithing, it was like the, the craziest faith stretch, how we were going to kind of make it through week by week. And then as we uh, kind of the business grew and then different career things, the last five years, we, we've probably been around the 15 to 18% mark. And that's kind of in this season of life. And obviously I'm not in a business where, where my income has got, that I'm on a salary here. And, and so it's, it's, it's capped. And so it'd be different if I was still running the business in the business realm. I uh, would be believing for it to increase. But in the, in the, anyway, in this season of our lives, we're here, we're planning how that can lift into the future. But this is kind of where we are at right now. And I can tell you that across those 22 and a half years, as we've tried to lean in, whether it was in the season where we could give 20% or the one we were like, God, I don't even know how we're going to be able to tithe on because I, I, none of this makes sense right now. And we were leaning in trust in, in crazy ways. And obviously, wise stewardship is a principle that, that covers all, all of this. But I tell you, in these years, we have seen the favor of God on the steps of faith that he's called us to take. We've seen supernatural opportunities break out. We've 
we've seen like just crazy miracles that that have kind of have blown us away from nowhere and we've seen a multiplication on what we have and so we we have to know and understand that God is true to his word as we trust him as we sow and then as we believe for a harvest God will get it to you or he will get you to it God will get it to you or provide an opportunity for you to get to it. There are good things on the other side of the trust door. My, my final point is I wrap this together this morning, and it's not the end of the service, so don't, don't think uh, you're free just yet. <laughs> Romans 15, 13 again. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may... What? So that you may, a little more conviction, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Spirit. God calls us, you and I, His people, to live in a place of overflow, to buck the trend that we see in society and know how to live our lives in a place of active trust so that there is an overflow, not because of anything amazing about us, but because of the power of the Holy Spirit that we have allowed to be flowing in and through us, to live an overflow where there is this hope overflow coming from you and I as his people. That conversations we have with neighbours, there's an overflow of hope heading in their direction. That in our home, mum and dad with kids at home, there is an overflow of hope from us into those children. To people at work, uni, school, there is a supernatural overflow that we've positioned ourselves for in God and see coming in and through us, that SMS you send, those SMS you send, that, that, that there's an overflow of hope. Those social media posts, that there is hope overflowing. That our general disposition and demeanour, that the smile we would carry, that there is an overflow of hope. That what comes out of our mouths, how we plan, how we give, that there is an overflow of hope. This is our Go Beyond Season, and together, we are giving hope. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.